Yeah, we're recording. Great. <laughs> so um, I'm Nathan Koskovich. Uh, I guess we'll go around because there's a group of us. Everybody can introduce themselves. Xavier Vrona, uh, architect uh, in Paris. In Paris. Uh, I'm Thorsten Koch. I'm architect in Stuttgart, Germany. Thorsten. And Daniel Cavellis, Switzerland, Sinka. Okay, so we've got essentially three heroes here today. <laughs> is the is the theme <laughs> not not. Not three coins of euros, but three <laughs> Europeans. Um, so what brings you guys here to Atlanta then? Okay, this way. So oh, we're going oh, to go. Okay, <laughs> right. so, Xavier, you want to start? Are you, uh, are, you, are you editing this or is it like... Uh, it, it's live to tape. I okay. could take out some of the stuttering and stuff like that, but for the most part, it's just okay. live. Okay, uh, Well, we've been invited uh, uh, by uh, Mark Cuttle. Uh, to come here for this exhibition, which is a moment of, uh, I guess, both showing what some of the alumni in Europe uh, do and also generating a, uh, a debate uh, about the difference of practices uh, within the US and, uh, and Europe. Okay. And you are you all have some contact with Georgia Tech in your past? Then? Yeah, we, we've all been. Oh, okay, so you're all yeah. alumni. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good. Yeah, I was here in 2000, from 2000 to 2002. Yeah, I was in 93, 94. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. 96, 97. So I overlapped all of you guys in some way. I did yeah. undergraduate and graduate here. Okay. Um, okay. And I only practice in the US in Atlanta. Um, so the show's three euros, and it's about practice in Europe. And it seems to have a heavy political bend to it also, or interest. Am I reading that? No, no not at all. Okay. <laughs> well, for me, I yeah. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I was thinking. So yeah, but that's not the entire show. Like uh, I would say that's uh, maybe uh, the third that I that I represent uh, would be highly political. Okay, those are your books on the table. Then. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the yeah the show is uh, is really I think uh, we're very happy of what we did. Like we met, uh, I'm happy of what we did at least. Uh, we met just one day in uh, Stuttgart, uh, where we tried to find a way how to do this show. We knew we would have a couple of screens, and uh, and so basically it's like three times three minutes uh, of each of us. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's three projects: uh, one project of three minutes of Daniel, and then uh, three minutes of. Uh, uh, Kosten, then three minutes of me, and then three minutes of Daniel again for another project. So, uh, and then there's a we all have a table uh, where we brought uh, whatever we want to. Uh, and so, yeah, I have the books, and uh <laughs> and I have the books too. have the models. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, if it's about European practice, maybe you guys can each talk about how you got into architecture in Europe, where that came from. And I guess we'll start with Torsten since Xavier. Okay, okay. Well, well, first of all, my dad is architect. Okay. Which sort of um, showed me a, a way into it. But on the other hand, he was the guy who actually uh, was most uh, mostly occupied with telling me uh, not to become an architect. Yes, also <laughs> <our> architect's father. <laughs> uh, because he would think that that's not a profession that will have a future. Um, so, but I still did it um, and actually before I before I started to study architecture I uh, did a three-year apprenticeship uh, as a carpenter okay 
which sort of made a nice preparation of. Is that common in Germany to apprentice? Uh, sort of, sort of. There's um, what what is common though is that you have sort of these little internships mm -hmm. with different um, crafts men things, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you become a student, uh, some of them do it with a with an entire apprenticeship. Okay. Well, it's one apprenticeship, so you work in different fields to kind of learn about right. carpentry and so right, forth. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, Daniel? Well, I don't have a family background in architecture, but um, I decided when I was in um, elementary school to become an architect. I don't know why, why that come from, why that ca come from, but um, I ended up being an architect. And um, I did the classical way. I went to school. I studied at ATI, so studied at the Institute of Technology. And did some studies abroad, like here in Atlanta and also in, in Vancouver. Okay. So, um, although I did all those steps around the world, I'm back in St. Gallen, my hometown again, and have no practice there. Back in your hometown, <laughs> you've gone full circle. Um, Xavier? Uh, yeah, I, my sister is an architect, actually. Uh, she was trained uh, before me. Yeah, yeah she, uh, she ended. Uh, I have no other architects in the family, but she, I, I entered in Fisher when she was getting out. I, I was more trained to go to art school, like I had a preparation uh, in, the, in doing, uh, yeah, going more to the Beaux-Arts thing. Mm -hmm. I was kind of scared of uh, not having a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, it looked like architecture was a, uh, there were a couple of schools that were very, quote, quote, artistic, mm -hmm. you know, based. And so that's the school where my sister was. And I, so I had the opportunity to see there was a lot of art in there. But and, and you mm -hmm. got to get a job. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get a job. So you could, at least. in fact, uh, it's not as simple. But uh, anyway, so that's how I, uh, I, uh, I ended up in architecture. Well, that was, that was basically, I, was, I took a lot of art classes in high school. And graduating, I realized all the artists we studied were dead, and most of them died penniless. <laughs> <laughs> but people were still building buildings, so there must be work for architects. So at the time, it was either the Savannah College of Arch Art and Design, which is private and expensive, mm -hmm. or Georgia Tech, which you could go to for free if you could keep your grades up. So that's how I ended up at Georgia Tech. To totally free? Or like, yeah. Yeah, well, tuition's paid for, yeah. so, but I didn't keep my grades up for very long. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so uh, just a little bit about practice in, in, in Europe, and I'm remembering from my time studying in, in Paris for a year that there was a much heavier idea, at least in the French schools explained to me, of the architects being kind of uh, agents of culture, of being having a more cultural responsibility compared to the U.S. where it's more of a professional life safety kind of thing. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on um, yes. what it means to be an architect in, in Europe for you, or, or if you could even speak about that independently of the US, or maybe you can. Daniel, do you have any thoughts? Well, sure. Um, you're building and building is a cultural thing, and you are kind of part of that um, cultural building structure that is going on in, the, in your town, in the mm. city, and in, at, the, um, at the points where you build so I think that's also a cultural background you have and it's also kind of a, um, a thing you have to follow and you have to um, kind of to give back to the, the environment you create by building I think so yeah so there's a, an idea of a social responsibility there sure social and cultural and cultural yeah. um, Thorsten or Xavier well I think 
I think it's a matter of, uh, say, density also in a sense. Mm -hmm. Because there's much less space in a way. You know, it's mm -hmm. everything is sort of tighter, and so um, everything you put on the ground it makes it sort of um, um, causes more effect on everybody, like either passing by or walking through it or something like that. Right. Because you you're not able to sort of step back or go out west and do nothing. Or something <laughs> nothing. Like that, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So there's. Um, just the, the, the proximity makes it more impactful because there are more people around and the more... Yeah, or and I mean, if you, if you have to put more people on, on like one square meter, right, yeah. you, you would have to be more careful about how they then interact. And oh, right, right, just technically in the physical interactions. Yeah. How do you, how do you moderate? It's kind of like the difference between density and crowding. Like dense, crowding means you feel like your personal space has been invaded. Right. Where density, is just a lot of people, but you don't necessarily have that emotional strain that comes with it. But but also th there's even this sense of personal space that is very different. I think I just noticed when I was um, at the uh, Midtown station that the mm -hmm. trolley, the tech trolley, is picking up all the students. Yeah, and they're waiting there. They they have about say three times the size around them before the next person comes. Right. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Uh, then people would have in, in at a bus stop in. Europe and Germany or yeah. wherever it is. They're pretty they are pretty much going like that that's about the distance you would have in in a, in a bus stop, right? Right, so like it's, it's like a meter nine or inches, something, yeah. right? But there it's it's at least three to five meters. Wow. And <laughs> what what I saw at at, at the midtown station. These were oh yeah, the midtowns. They weren't Georgia Tech students who were a little anti social. Yeah, anyway. like, oh, that's what that's all no no, that was all tech students waiting mm -hmm. on the tech trolley. Yeah. Right? So and they were like this, <laughs> three meters apart. Yeah. Apart. That was interesting. I actually took a picture of that. Oh, cool. There's a there's a book by Edward Hall called um, The Hidden Dimension, where he studies animal biology and then moves into human biology and does a cultural study, a comparison between Americans and Europeans, but between Westerners and um, Muslims, actually, which is kind of topical given the state of the world right now. But he talks a lot about that kind of thing and how there are different signals. I think one of the examples he gives in a book is um, in Germany, office doors are kept closed because it's neater, and please correct me if I'm wrong. But in America, you close a door, it means do not disturb. Mm -hmm. And so there's that, when Americans are working with Germans, there's a little bit of that, like, his door's never open, so I never know whether I can go in. And in Germans, the door's open, and you can hear all the noise coming out, and it's yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, Xavier? Uh, yeah, I think the, uh, the in France, like the there's a law on architecture that defines actually the status of architecture as a cultural act. So uh, that's that's law. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think that's the way you describe. Uh, that's by law. That's what it is. It's called a, a cultural act, which I don't necessarily know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's how it's defined. It's not a technical one, or you know, I guess uh, by defi by by elimination, you can understand that. What it's what it implies, I guess, right. uh, because it's not defined as technical or as a patrimonial or something. Um, it's just funny because you're saying you know you're asking us, uh, okay, what is it? Uh, and I, that's part of the question of that entire symposium or exhibit thing. It's like uh, you know, there's probably much more difference between France and Switzerland and uh, and Germany than there is uh, all throughout the United States. You know, whether right. you're a gigantic country. Yeah. So being, uh, I don't know what uh, what we share as Europe, you know, uh, uh, of 
architecture. You see, like uh, how much do we we share a lot of differences? I think like we share the fact that we have a lot of difference in a very dense environment. It mm -hmm. is very small. You know, you go, you make like uh, like in two hours you're in Germany, in two hours you're in Switzerland. Or so and so it's. Uh, but I guess there would still be a, com a common thing in the fact that yeah, uh, architecture is a uh, uh, yeah. Understood as not only a business. Uh, I'm not saying that's only that's uh, the only way it's uh, defined right. here, but it's clearly. I think it has this aura of like lawyers and uh, you know like uh, doctors and mm -hmm. like what these famous uh, uh, things that also give it. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I know that uh, I don't know how it is in the it's probably the same, but uh, in Europe, in France, it's free. The school is free, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like uh, I'm. I actually part of what I'm doing uh, is to try to make sure that uh, all that, that the, the the shared money that all the families invest in students of architecture is not then stolen by the private sector <laughs> right, to right. make you know like or like couple of rich people that invest uh, that knowledge into mm -hmm. a couple of expensive buildings, but that you try to say no, no. This is you know anybody any parent in France pays for. Architects to be educated, so it has to be, it would have to be redistributed as a sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, public, uh, public uh, sort of, uh, I don't know how you described it, social, uh, uh, public you know, welfare, public, yeah, kind of, uh, you know, everybody paid for it, so it should go back to to the this intelligence right. that was invested in should be applied to public questions. Let's say, like, uh, uh, is it free so or you're So you're saying it's it should be sort of a commitment for for one who has studied. Well, the priority, since it has been paid, uh, unlike the U.S., <laughs> since, since it's had been paid by the community, mm -hmm. I think yeah. this, whatever we were trained uh, to, should be applied to the, that community's problems, oh, right? Yeah. Because right. they paid for it. Yeah. But most of the time, you know, if you see in architecture schools, you know, students, uh, what they dream of is what they see in magazines, and it's going to be a, a gigantic museum, or, you know, like something that's going to be like a like in the Guggenheim, yeah, yeah, corporate headquarters or, or like fancy houses uh, done by billionaires or, you know, yeah. uh, so it's a kind of a fight to try to, you know, uh, like break that. I think that's something that we would share, I think, uh, probably. We don't know each other much, but uh, I, th I think we know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're, there's an interest towards like uh, a shared interest in architecture, at least in the, in the public sector and, uh, the, yeah. Well, in the U.S., it, well, it's done at the state level because we have our weird federalist system. And um, our license says protect the life, safety, the safety, health, and welfare of the public, mm -hmm. which is a very technical, very much measurable thing, which yeah. has a, says a lot about American culture. The, as architects, we obviously study a lot of European architecture, a lot of, spend a lot of time, and we struggle with those, how do we take this mandate, which is kind of an odd fit for our professional ethos, and make that a, a coherent idea out in the world that we work with. And, and my education was subsidized. I paid part of it, mm. but it was subsidized by, by the state. Yeah, so yeah because the Georgia Tech is a public school. Because Georgia Tech's a public school, right, right. Um, so I paid a, a third of what I would have had to pay. It was very, again, a strange system if you think about it. Uh, but yeah, I think, and I think when I'm saying this, I think it's a, a as a dominant model. You know, of course there are, you know, like uh, uh, I don't 
English, I'd love to say bandwidth on the Go ahead. hassles, uh, you know, in, <laughs> in Europe that, uh, you know, that actually do not do that. And I'm sure there are a very good public servants in the US. I'm, yes. just, I'm just talking about the dominant approach, I think, uh, that, uh, that what I would perceive as, as uh, mm-hmm. structuring the, our relationship to the, this, uh, the, this figure of the architect and our role in society. Uh, well, I think there's something inherently public about architecture that people don't always realize. Maybe that's particular to the U.S., where you're being hired to build, do a private development, but you can't make an inside without making an outside, and the outside impacts that. So there's. But you would still have to have a public space for that, which you guys don't have much. You know. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you mean, uh, we can talk about that too. What is public space? Because you say that a lot. We, we have roads, but. Yeah, despite <laughs> growth, despite <laughs> no, but yeah, but it's, that's what it, that, that's what you're left with, right? You know, sort of. you know where sort do <laughs> yeah, where do people demonstrate, right? Uh, we, we mm-hmm. There's all these stories about the malls where you know people get kicked out because they wear t-shirts of uh, anti-war in Iraq. Yeah, or yeah, uh, yeah. It's a complicated matter. <laughs> no, we don't have a lot of that public space, and that that latent power of political power that comes with public space is not well understood because we haven't used it a lot. I mean, the best example of this country is the Martin Luther King I Have a Dream speech, which can't take place without the National Mall, where he can occupy that because he's an American citizen and he has a right to. Um, so the National Mall is a public space? Yeah, yeah. Good. The National <laughs> Mall is. It's we haven't it's sold it out, we haven't named it. That brings up a whole discussion, right? So what is public space? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <coughs> and by what means is it even defined? Yeah, and the National Mall is the where the Lincoln Memorial yeah. is. Okay. Mm. No, no, I'm just uh, yeah, sorry. But I still still think we're a little bit back to that discussion that what can we bring um, the common ground back to what the society brought first and put a little bit some input into the um, what do you say the input into the people that then study mm-hmm. that we have had to bring back to the society. And in Switzerland, I think that's a lot has to do with um, with all the public buildings. Um, select kind of a project that needs also kind of like public um, interests. Mm-hmm. So I think this system of um, that all the, the public public buildings have to go to a competition right. um, is kind of like a way to bring um, also quality back to society. Right, so there's a... So I think that is one way um, Switzerland is using this with this kind of um, yeah, this policy of doing competitions for the buildings or for we're doing that too, but I think in a way, as far as I know, in, in Switzerland it's taken even one step further because the first thing to do is to, to have this competition. But once you sort of plan the building, yeah. right, isn't there like this, this sort of mock-up thing on site when people would actually have to uh, vote for, like the community would have to vote if they want this building to be built and all, there's something like that? Yeah, sure. If you um, at the end you can vote for the credit or not. If right. there, if um, people want to invest all that money in that project or not, then ah, you can okay. vote. Okay. But that's only the last part of it. So whether it's going to be built or not. Okay, right. but but this but still is sort of interesting because th- this is sort of saying um, if people don't want it to be built, they just they can turn skip it down. It, they can turn it down. Yeah. So you have a design competition, and once the 
jury picks the winner, then the yeah. public has their say whether they still, is that how? No, not really. Then they are going to <coughs> develop the project, really. And okay. they also develop the costs out of it. And in okay. the end, to get the credit for the whole building or for the whole project, then people can say yes or no. Okay, so the funding mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then in the US, we usually look at, um, we don't look at design, we look at your resume, which is. Really? Yeah, you put in a, a, your resume, projects you've done, a work plan. You don't show any design work. They want to know that you're qualified to do the work. Mm -hmm. Technically. Technically. But you can see in the designs, you end up getting technical buildings that maybe aren't uh, the best designs, don't necessarily reflect the cultural values. Mm -hmm. Isn't that a problem for young architects? It's because you have to have this background and this kind of large project background that you can start off. Yeah, you have to have the experience to get the experience. Yeah. That's very, you know, yeah. that's well, that's the same thing in Switzerland. But you seem like uh, in Switzerland, is that the case? Or? Well, it is also the case. It's starting, I think, um, this <coughs> culture of, um, of doing competitions for all the projects, for the bigger projects, um, is also kind of, yeah, takes his, yeah <laughs> takes his own way. And it's all the time now, there are competitions. It is functioning or working exactly the same way mm -hmm. as you've just told. Okay. And then you have to have a background, you have to have a kind of like a portfolio, and yeah. then you're going to be selected for a second step, okay. and then you do a design project mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. So just to enter a competition, to do a competition entry, you have to have a portfolio. Right. So this is kind of same like kind a, of problem. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Well, in the next problem. step, we have the same kind of system in Germany. In the next step, this means if there is an open what we call an open competition left, then you would have like 400 or 500 participants mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. competing yeah. for yeah. one project, you know? Yes. Which then makes a big jury and, and I mean, if you sum up all the effort every architect put puts in, in one project, right? 500 yeah, 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 architects yeah. putting all the effort times. I mean, you could, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, could, that's a lot of wasted uh, it, it, yeah, uh, energy. In a that's why in France we don't have, uh, it's a system with a lot of problems too, but uh, we have, uh, whoever enters a competition is paid, right? but you have to be selected. Meaning like, so you would get the same 500 people applying, but only five would uh, get the right to submit a project and they would be paid for doing so. So doing the work. it yeah. also generates a lot of offices that only do not even care whether they actually build it. Uh, you know, they leave off the commissions. Somebody's whistling somewhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is nice. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the best products are the ones that never get built sometimes because it avoids a bunch of. Um, but, uh, yeah. but anyway, also I, I, but I was like, uh, I don't know, where the, I get the feeling that you are trying to ask us a bit about the difference of uh, what you experience as an architect in and what it is to be an architect in Europe. Uh, and uh, if this is a bit where the, dis the discussion goes, I, one thing I would like to say is this, is that there seems to be, for, been involved, uh, for having been involved in academia for a while now with the US and France, that here it's not because you're studying architecture that it is intended that you're going to be an architect. You study architecture as the humanity or I don't know, like not everybody is like, uh, Whereas I think in France, there's still, at least in France, I don't know how it is in, uh, in other European countries, but that the model is, uh, it's really expected that since you're doing architecture that you're going to do buildings. You see what I'm saying? 
how many, like for instance, how many of the, the people you knew from your, your, that work in architecture and how many work in a variety of fields? I actually, I think a large percentage of us do go into oh, architecture. Really? Um, I can only think of two from my graduating class that aren't right now. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I do see what you're saying. There are people, I, I do remember people I wasn't close to in school talking about getting into computers or web design or some other field from architecture. Because um, I know, like, at least for us, uh, if, uh, even if it remains the dominant model of teaching, that you're going to be, you know, we told you about the buildings, like uh, more than 50% of the people that get out of architecture school do not work in, uh, in production of buildings at all. Mm. They go yeah, elsewhere. Is well it if, you if you conceive of uh, at least teaching architecture, just being sort of an, an example of, um, so building, teach building, being an example of how to um, how to organize complex st structures or complex thinking or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then you can easily say architects can do this and can do that, and that kind of is the case in Germany too. Okay. So I totally agree. There are there are certain paths um, architects would follow that are not necessarily typically architecture paths, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we have we have that too. I think that's that organizing complex thoughts is a real skill. Right. Architects aren't in that they bring to the profession. I always have an expression that says engineers don't do hypotheticals. Mm. Like you can't, I, I've got to define narrowly, or all of us here work with engineers, narrowly enough a question for an engineer to make an answer. And that's a hard thing to do, and it's a hard thing to explain to people what you're doing. Because um, there's no number that goes with it. Right. There's no time frame. There's no deliverable. And I think it's stupid, because, at least uh, in the way I see it, like uh, we're very attached to, in France, uh, everybody thinks that an architect has to do buildings, right? I think the skills, as you described them, about organizing complex think, uh, thinking is, we really need that in a much, with higher stakes, uh, in the mm -hmm. way the world is really kaput, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. The world is really not going well. We need comprehensive thinking, complex thinking, to try to come up with, you know, how to come up with alternatives. And architects are like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, you would the word, like, the only thing they, they want to say is like, oh, you know, in France we've had this law, like, everybody's happy now because before, like a month ago, uh, uh, you had to have an architect for 170 square meters, and now it went to 150, and so everybody's like, yay, More as work. if it was, you know, everybody, and it's like, come on, guys, you know, like, <laughs> this is pathetic, right? Like, uh, so this is not. Uh, I think uh, so. They're they're looking at the li the little the dominant model is to look by the little hole right. and not thinking that you know we are actually as a trend are very skilled. If we forget a bit about buildings, because uh, there's a lot of other problems which uh, which actually industrial designer know how to sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they go like into what they call like global design or things like this. They work in offices. They they develop. They have models of development for large companies and. This is architecture. <laughs> That's sure. not design. Uh, so they're making the money off of it, and we're like, we all want to do our little tiny buildings. And uh, I find it, yeah, it's really, uh, it's a big yeah. problem. Right? We call it myopic, you know, near spook, near sighted. Yeah. So we have myopathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you only see this little thing. Right. And, yeah. and not the big picture. There's a certain um, 
in the U.S. at least, a certain dourness to architectural personalities, a certain sort of... Uh, dourness? Dourness, sort of uh, fatalism, <laughs> and uh, I think, I'm not sure what it comes from, and a, a certain attitude that we only, we're the only ones that care about this and nobody else does, and so, mm. especially in a city like Atlanta, which is so driven by an apparent concern for practical things and showing the value of the unpractical becomes very difficult. So I think there's there's a strange, strange personality type that seems to run through architects. It's the city too busy to hate, but it's too busy to look at beauty or... Yeah, <laughs> well, I always love too busy to hate. It's not, like, it's not that we don't hate, it's just we got a long to-do list. Yeah. When hate's at the bottom, we're gonna get to it. Um, yeah. But isn't there also a lot of, I mean, practical sort of bottom down or, or down to earth uh, issues to architecture too. You know, if, if, if you just then go, go <coughs> back from this big thing sort of, um, we are uh, able to think uh, complex structures, but um, if you're thinking about our immediate realm and thinking about building, um, then isn't this a lot about the actual practice of practicability or, or things like that which then also would sort of make it, make it kind of interesting yeah yeah the, the um, I think what you're talking about is the, the actual problems of making a building that works is a very rich right and the, and, the, and the entire language that sort of comes out of that yeah which is sort of the language of the the actual architecture uh, that that is kind of a, a thing that I have a feeling is a difference perhaps between um, here and between Europe that uh, there is still this well the architect in Europe is if he is working as an architect mm -hmm. like an average architect he is still involved in the building until the day the key is handed over to the client right right, right. Uh, and so you have this this whole lot of, of, of issues that are related to realizing the building Right, and you would if, if since you are responsible for that, for that, you would actually um, think about that and take this into account, even only while designing the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's true, and I think there's a lot of richness there, and there's a lot of well, I think a lot of architectural practice is about limitations, about your budget, about the right. program, right, and. Thinking deeply about those things, you can find a, a lot of richness about how something comes together and have a lot of satisfaction in coming up with a, a design solution which may not be rooted in a higher idea of, of philosophy, or you maybe would, not. Yeah, you may, you may even say uh, that you may even not consider the program being a limitation. I, th I, would, I would even say, why shouldn't it just be the starting point? Mm -hmm. Or so it, it rather opens up well, something, something being concrete, you know? Well, if, I think uh, I, like if, if I had to do building with no program, uh, no limitations at all, you can. Yeah, we work off limitations <coughs> because we need them too. Like right. Otherwise, how do you... I think we're good at articulating problems and yeah, if we're not if we're not confronted with problems, I, I don't know what we would do. Like, right, we look for them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think even when it's too, when, when someone actually regenerates, we try to show, pro I think, well, at least the architects I like, uh, they try to show how the problem itself, uh, even if it claims to be a solution, is really a problem. You know, and yeah. you try to sh show that there are problems within something that looks simple and that generates the capacity for the project or something. Right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And limitations are kind of like your playground. And you have the playground that it's kind of like of um, like have to have has their limits. And yeah. You play in, in, in this field, and you, you find the, the interesting things in that field, and so mm -hmm. kind of like focus on something. Yeah. And I think it's like I think uh, it's really an interesting model. I think architecture, even if I agree, you know, we we don't know how to sell ourselves, and like, <laughs> you know, it's really sad. But I think it's uh, it's the last uh, the way I see it is it's one of the last places where there's sort of long term thinking kind of. You have a sort of not even like holistic, <laughs> but like uh, it seems like uh, there's a comprehensive approach to problems, and yeah. it's not managerial, it's not short term. You know, it's like uh, you try to take a, a lot of. Uh, so I don't know how under this managerial world, you know, this neoliberal trend and all that stuff, uh, how long the architecture's figure as a model can perpetuate itself. Uh, because you know, for instance, when I see someone like Big. We've lost, uh, and you know the guys, Bjark Ingels, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and it's fun and it's colorful, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, someone called it like uh, architectural light, L I T E, you know, like uh, as a, and you know, it's like uh, like Coke light, light yeah, 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 light, yeah. Uh, <coughs> no, 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 L I T E, no, not uh, not uh, with G H uh, light, uh, L I T E, yeah, uh, well, anyway. and so, uh, but anyway, so I get the feeling that this. Uh, we're gonna need a lot of a lot of this, and it's weird that we're the less uh, like we all did like five to ten years of studies, and we're you know compared to any I don't know how it is in other countries, but compared to any architect or uh, to any engineer or you know, we don't make a dime or something. Yeah. So it's really it's really a uh, a strange moment. I don't know if it's always been this case. I, I it was not the case in the fifties for 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 France. You know, architects were making a decent. Uh, Living. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that uh, somehow I may be not surprised that in a world that is really rooted in managerial short-term things, that our trend would not seem as one you would invest financially on. Right. Whereas uh, I think that will only long so that will only last so far because uh, those short-term models uh, can't go forever. Like uh, like uh, you know we we all know like. Uh, world is a bit falling apart so we're gonna have to go back to a more comprehensive long-term thinking and then I think uh, our trend will be very useful no I, I agree with that I think it, the the value you were talking about that earlier of applying this uh, way of co organizing complex thoughts can expand to a lot of areas and it has a lot of return maybe not immediate but long term yeah. I want to go back to something that Torsten was talking about earlier about the small one meter space design. <laughs> and it was it's something I realized in the US that there was sort of, I kind of thought about this as cultures, there's a kind of a hidden thing that you can always go to that is the default problem solver in design in the US is we can always get bigger. Mm. You know, you look at the, the house <laughs> type that we're known for, it's the ranch house, you can always spread out mm. the SUV. It's like, if you can't fit it, we can always make it wider because we have the space. Um, so I guess there's that, that, that question about 
I won't make it look so far. So when you guys came to the U.S., did, and that was me coming back from France after seeing a lot of European culture, how that works and traveling. What was your kind of response, maybe in the U.S. in general, but the design culture and the design solutions that you saw in play? Daniel's been quiet. Let me start with Daniel. <laughs> Did you love Waffle House? I worked with a German architect. He wanted to eat at Waffle House all the time. It was 20 <laughs> the same thing everywhere. A 24-hour service. He thought it was the best thing ever. Well, the first thing I really kind of realized that um, the, the school I was taught from, like ATH, um, to be trained there for six or seven years, mm -hmm. um, or six years, that um, that was kind of like one focal point. And coming to the US here, to Georgia Tech, to study here, it broadened up a little bit the, the angle. Um, uh, yeah, it was another other view. Um, I, I became here, that that is the first thing. Um, second, I think, um, Well, I had a good time here. You had a good time. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was also something that, um, because um, you, I was very structured from in my rhythm, and here in, in the US, I kind of, I that life was a little bit um, slower, and the South here was slower yeah. too. I think that, um, that that was, for me personally, one thing that, yeah. um, that was very nice. Did you travel much as a student? Uh? I did travel too, yes, yes. I traveled to, to Chicago, I traveled to the South, so um, especially Chicago was, was good for me to, to, to see right, to see all those things. I, yeah. I think that um, was something I didn't focus in Switzerland. Okay. So that, um, that helped, I think, to, to come back and see that um, here also there was architecture that was developed here regionally and was, had to respond on, on the, the landscape so that um, on a not completely different landscape mm -hmm. so that when you come back to your own country you have also another viewpoint to your landscape and scenery and also to your um, structures of the cities right do you, you um, yeah you saw that in another focal in the yeah, you see the effects of these things on a different culture yeah. and then you go back and the things you accepted you now see um, true and Chicago is great I always think of it as like the the ideal American city. Like people talk about New York, but New York's its own thing. There's something about Chicago that seems to reflect something that feels more ideal in the Americana. And maybe that's because it's in the Midwest and it's. It's a bit cold. It's a bit cold. <laughs> As Atlantis. I would agree to that, yeah, that it's a fantastic. I think some city, but I. Like it's like there's a, for me there's a, there would be like some sort of an Olymp Olymp uh, like uh, of cities like a pantheon of cities. Pantheon of cities. Uh, and Chicago would definitely be in there. As Atlanta would be because there are very specific moments of ways of inhabiting the world. Right here, it's really like the car. Like you, yeah. How do you like? But suddenly you like it sprawl is invented like uh, it generates problems, but it's also. Kulas had made this article about here, you know, like it's a, it's not even a city, it's a landscape. Or it's a great Chicago. article, yeah. I share it with everybody who comes to Atlanta who wants to understand it. Yeah, yeah. then Chicago is really the invention of a skyscraper, which is crazy, you know, like uh, it's uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I, think, I think Chicago too talks to what Torsten was talking about, the invention of the skyscraper. They weren't out to create a radical architect. Those were architects working for developers on practical problems. But out of that, they developed the Chicago School of Architecture. You have Louis Sullivan come out of that. His theories influenced a lot of architects. And you end up with this building type that nobody's seen before, which is very vertical, very open with the Chicago window. 
and um, kind of totally different. And it's a different way to come around to something. And then a radical idea grows out of that that forms all this function or whatever the complexity of that is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Torsten, you want well, to? Did you see the U.S. and the design culture? Well, um, the, the, when I came, the, the first thing I, I really realized was the size of the cars. Yeah. When I first came here, which is 20 years ago, N now coming back, I realize well, the cars are about the same size in mm -hmm. America as they are in Europe. So there has been some change. Wait, I, are they meeting in the middle, or is <laughs> Europe getting bigger? I, 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 I kind of <coughs> think so. I think so. Okay. They have they have been growing in, in Europe. I mean, we do have SUVs yeah, and stuff do. like that, <laughs> right? Um, but you know, the the, the, the real big type car American cars, um, they're not so much seen here anymore. So it's sort of and also of course merged all, in a all way. architecture professors have these influence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Small ones you mean or what? <laughs> they all have Volkswagen up to Porsche depending yeah. on how much money they're making. So, <laughs> so yeah. no no problem. Uh, the the other thing was that uh, was about the individual and the how how much this society is about the individual mm -hmm. and the, the non-existence of building uh, laws, I would say, right? If, if it's my property, I'm going to build what I want on that. Right, right. Um, as opposed to the European uh, thinking, where at least in the, in the, in the, in the cities, uh, you have certain laws to meet and, and certain regulations or rules, even rules on design or like what it has to look like. The materials and the Materials shape. and shapes and stuff like yeah. that. Um, which is really annoying uh, too. It it may be <laughs> annoying, but I mean that's just the difference. That's yeah. not. It's not saying that the one is better or the one is worse. It's just uh, that I found out about that. And but then on the other hand, once you sort of um, sort of uh, getting into society as far as you can, mm -hmm. uh, if you're here just for a year or something, so you get to know people, you know, and stuff like that. Um, you find you find out that on the one hand you have this uh, the, this individuality that is kept very high, but right. you have this sort of convention or conventionalism or something that is not not convention conven yeah, conventional conventional yeah, con yeah. conventional you know, things that are expected of this individual right right you know right. that is uh, the first time we went out to dinner or something right the friend we were going with would call in with asking my roommate how he would be properly dressed to go to this place. Right. And I thought, this is kind of, I, I couldn't bring it together. Right, with right. being individual, you know? Yeah. So the so freedom and the regulation. Right, right. And these are, these are not written laws, right? Yeah. <coughs> so that's just sort of intermediate or some, you have to know or have to be brought up with or something. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's all this rugged individualism and yet we all live in the same house. In America, and it's just it's very yeah. right. There's a joke is always what's the difference between a rapper's house and a lawyer's house, and the rapper has a picture of himself up on the table. It's the same house; it's just the picture that they put up on the wall. Um, that's really interesting, um, Xavier. Well, yeah, to me, I think it's also also on a like I try to always uh, I don't build much. Uh, I always try to use building to try to ask questions about architecture and places mm -hmm. that you're using. 
And so I always am interested about the history of architecture as a phenomenon, like as if yeah. it was the history of, you know, I don't know, like uh, cars or whatever. Like, and so what uh, it looks like the US to me is really is like architecture 2.0, you know, at some point, like you have a history, right, which starts with a couple of books, you know, Vitruvius and all that stuff, you know, and so, you know, it's like something that is parameters by a couple of words, you know, like uh, beauty, uh, structure, solidity and function, you know, it has yeah. its own story. And suddenly you get this new continent thing and you get uh, like people like Frank Lloyd Wright or Sullivan or people that try to, it's like uh, within the same Occidental Western uh, story of architecture, mm -hmm. which is one amongst others, you know, right, because right, right. Gan or whatever, there would be a lot of different, but this one is within the same framework, but in new terms. Like I just discovered, like I went to Taliesin West, like uh, that, oh, that okay. before. That was really strange. Like uh, suddenly I, I got the feeling that uh, Frank Lloyd Wright was trying to design as a Native American, you know, like really that there's a, a sort of like a formal, very expressive, uh, um, uh, that is very different from the tradition of uh, the West, you know, which is about, you know, symmetry, columns, regularity. Uh, he hates the right angle or you yeah, know, yeah. Like, uh, he finds it uh, fascist or like, uh, so it's just like, I think the US as a, is a, is a very, intriguing and that still is the case like uh, having i think one uh, what i learned here uh, when i was a student was uh, like uh, i was reading a lot and making a lot of theory and it was very difficult for me to have one line <laughs> and here like you get like a, a much more uh, it's uh, form is not a bad thing even in theoretical terms mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. and so i think that was very very interesting to to play more more lightly with what architecture can be and not this uh, very uh, theoretical dry thing like I was a bit trying to do in, uh, in France, I guess. So there's this, there's all the theory and everything, a lot of which has been inherited from Europe. Yeah. But and then in American practice, we kind of go, well, we'll just take whatever we need or leave behind. And yeah, which I think speaks of course to the thoughts about the problems of actual buildings too. That is interesting because because for me, it sort of was the other <coughs> way around. If I understood you right. Uh -huh. um, because I, like I was trained in Stuttgart, which is in Germany considered a somewhat theoretical school, uh -huh. mm -hmm. but still there is, on, on the other hand, this, this sense of construction and yeah. building and how to do it right. So, and, and coming over here, um, all of a sudden construction means nothing and theory to me, oh, it seems that's like how it it, 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 it's, it's like everything. Yeah, you would get readings and, and stuff like that. And you would sort of have to try to try to uh, uh, come up with a form out of that reading to a specific design problem. Right. So that would be completely different from what I've experienced over there. And that sort of widened my kind of horizon, mm -hmm. right? Well, Georgia Tech's an interesting school too because it's it's kind of positioned between the Ivy Leagues, Harvard and Princeton, which are the best, and it Tech strives to get there and gets very close. And it's a public school, those are private schools, and that means certain things. Yeah. But then you have a school like Kennesaw State in the state of Georgia, which is the third accredited school that wasn't accredited when I was in school, that is much more about nuts and bolts things. And I think Georgia Tech being in a technical institute sometimes holds it's a weird fit. I mean, basically yeah. what happened was when they decided to start a school of architecture and landscape architecture, the uh, state uh, governing body said, 
well, landscape architecture, that's agriculture, that's farming that goes to Georgia. <laughs> architecture, that's engineering, it comes to Georgia Tech. So we ended up with this very odd fit of this sort of very liberal education in the classical sense being put into this very technological school, mm -hmm. which makes for a very odd yeah. fit. And it's always good, the odd thing. It is good, the odd thing. It's always like yeah. we're at the fringe that things are... I know that I heard there's a lot of debate for since uh, we're in a, or you are, or like this school <laughs> is in a technical campus that it should become a technical uh, architecture school, which right. would be a mistake. <laughs> I think the specificity of it being a not, a not fit actually generates a lot of strange, fragile, uh, intriguing conditions that mm -hmm. we all benefited mm -hmm. from. Yeah. Sure. Mm. But yeah, again, the engineer's mentality is to simplify the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard uh, an engineer art, uh, was in a story called A Place of Our Own, a book, A Place of My Own, where somebody was bragging about they built a house and they didn't have to cut any of the plywood. So that was, that was the design. You know, <laughs> but what is, what's it like to live in there? But for the engineer, that was an amazing feat that they could, everything was on four feet. Um, <laughs> well, some architects uh, think like that too. You need those guys to, yeah. <laughs> to figure out the details. Um, so, I mean, going back, I don't know if you all can answer this or not, but maybe you could try this idea that I have about the US that the default that we all have in the back of our head, the, the thing we can go to to save a design if we have to is that we can always make it wider. Oh, yeah. Is there something equivalent of that in your cultures in Europe that you grow up? Like, I'm really up, okay, we can always get wider, <laughs> or we can always get. I think in France, we <coughs> always have to make it cheaper. Uh, cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> in France, in France that's, uh, that's how, and it's interesting too, you know, like, uh, because uh, again, it's one of those constraints. Uh, in France, like, cost is a big uh, issue to the point that, that you now you also have to engineer the way it will be feasible for a city to actually be able to pay for that building. You know? that, that surprises me, because one thing I remember from France is things like the Institut de Montserrat, where yeah, but it doesn't, but it, it doesn't work. This they is explain the, how brilliant it is. They're like, but it doesn't work. But that doesn't you've heard matter. about the one percent, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the idea it was like it, to that's me, it France, was, that's the world sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. To me, it was the idea. It's like, well, the idea is great, and that's what matters. I don't know, but I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's just like the, the there's this saying like the tree that hides the forest, right? You know, like uh, so. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, You're yeah. gonna get like uh, one of these things. They're gonna indebt the city for the next fifty years. They're gonna plunge those these little environments in poverty for the next few years because people will have to pay for that single stupid building for like and you know some are interesting it's just like it's a stupid thing to do uh, to invest this much money for as a community thing you know uh, I don't think so that was the dominant thing uh, you know about uh, Jean Nouvel <laughs> it was very interesting after the uh, there was one the biennial in Venice in which like I think it was either the Belgian or the the uh, the Netherlands uh, who made a pavilion that was called After the Party, you know, like, and then mm -hmm. you came there and it's just like uh, confetti, like, I don't know, like on the floor. Yeah, yeah, like, like ribbon and confetti. And so this was their pavilion, like, as a generation, we arrive after the party, you know, all, you know, the, uh, every, all the building, expensive buildings have been okay, done, like, they've, ha they've had a ball, right? <laughs> and now we're just left with the <laughs> thing and what are we going to do? <laughs> and I think it's a much more interesting moment, uh, even if more tough and but at least uh, we're more in phase with the, the, what architecture ought to be, I think, than just like, you know. It's more engaged in a broader yeah. conversation. Mm. Sorry. Um, no, it's great, great. Um, I love the expression, the tree that hides the forest, as mm. opposed to 
not seeing the forest for the trees. It, it was this big thing up front. Torsten, any thoughts about Germany and whatever its design central ethos or that thing you can go to? I'm still thinking about it, so why don't you pass on? Pass on to Daniel. <laughs> I started with Daniel last time with the hard one. I thought I'd give him more time to think. Oh, okay. Well, Switzerland is tiny, and Switzerland is, um, has this kind of like um, tidiness and it wants to make everything a little simpler and has this culture to, to make everything simple, right. tidy, neat. And um, I think we are really driven by this kind of simplicity thing. So um, I still remember this culture in Switzerland, also this ar architectural culture in the 90s and also early um, 00 years yeah. um, when we had Swiss boxes. I don't know where, where you heard about this. So everything had to be very small, um, simple, very neat, very straight. Yeah. And I think this is kind of like a, a thing that is that also is culturally a thing that um, this tidiness and this um, cleanness or this yeah uh, this, kind of this simplic simplicity thing. You can kind of see it, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. And like the work of Herzog and Demeron, which were very popular, like it looks very simple, and like their plans are very kind of dumb. But there's actually a lot of complexity. It is there. a lot of complexity to, to make, make it look, it look like simple. Yeah. Because this maybe also a little kind of like the, this trick or this thing, this Swiss thing, that um, to make look it very simple, you make a really huge effort. Yeah. You know, to make it look like that. Yeah, we, I saw a, a Zump, Peter Zumthor apartment building and it's it steps down the hill and there's this little shadow edge that follows the roof line. And you're like, that is incredibly hard. It takes so much work to do, but it's just this little gesture. Interesting. And Switzerland's interesting too because of its cultural relationship to Europe and its mixture of. Or no relationship. Is there a relationship to Europe? <laughs> it's in the middle of Europe. There's much relation. Let's not go there. Europe or Adelma, Switzerland would be the whole that's not Europe. Are you a Euro by the way? That's sort of well, Dave, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he asked that question already, so. <laughs> It's actually should be two euros. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, uh, now if, if the turn is on me, I'd say uh, in Germany, I think the, the, the one fault I, I always sort of um, expect is that you're, as an architect, you're not allowed to argue with beauty or something like Okay. You're only allowed to argue with um, this pipe is too thin, or this color meets this code, or argue with who? With your with client? A, with a client, with technicians, with whatsoever. Ah, okay. yeah. uh, you you always have this sort of uh, engineering type discussion, right? Right. Um, as opposed to Austria, which is just the neighbor country, right? Right, right. Uh, but but there you still you would have sort of the, be um, even you would be talked to as Mr. Architect, you know, that kind of uh, gives sort of aura, aura, yeah, aura, yeah. aura erratic feeling or something, yeah, which, which, which I don't need, but which helps at the point of uh, just saying that's the way to do it because it's, it, it beats that and that, and you know, it's, or it's beautiful or it suits what the, the city or something like that mm -hmm. and that is very tough to do in in, in Germany and um, even buildings are sort of um, a 
sorted according to uh, where you may apply beauty, right? It, as opposed to a building that is sort of only technical, right. technically uh, uh, conceived, right? right? So um, if we're doing, like we're doing an, uh, a university building, there may be some beauty, right? Mm -hmm. If you're doing a police, that's kind of the lowest type of right. uh, public building, yeah. right? And if you're doing like a museum, that's sort of considered the higher well, level, yeah, yeah. right? So, but you always have to face this, that that there will be people that say, but isn't that, this costs only money? Or why, why does it have to be like that? Is, is there any technical reason for that? Right, right, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So they have to have, well, you said a technical reason to support it. They can't just say, well, it would be better, it would be more beautiful. Be more yeah, they want it to be calculable in the broadest sense, you know. It's always like you, you punch in something and the solution comes out then. Performative. Yes. Performative. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, uh, and that's speculative. Yeah, yeah this, well, there's, you're talking about American, the, the contrast between American individualism and then that kind of middle class bourgeois cultural pressure to be normal, mm -hmm. which we have, right. which you right. see in a lot of places. And I know it's always fascinating, people hire an architect to do a, a custom design for them. Mm -hmm. And then they will ask you, well, where has this been done before? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought we weren't doing that. And then, then you have to, sometimes maybe, I think you're suggesting this to our citizens. You want the color blue, because it's beautiful, but you have to find the technical reason for blue to, to, be, to justify yeah, it. Yeah. Right. How long are you guys going to be in Atlanta? How long is the exhibit going to be up? I think the first exhibit tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I mean, good at costume. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of it, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, le I'm leaving on Saturday. Oh, on Sunday. Okay. And I'm leaving on Tuesday. Tuesday. How long have you guys got in two weeks from now? Thursday. Yeah. Just, just a week. I was there like for a month, like a two, three weeks before. Well, Quick question before we wrap up, though, because you all haven't been in Atlanta. Atlanta has this ability to kind of mass warp while you're away. Were you guys surprised by what you found? Mass what? Warp. Like oh, change. Evolve. Really, yeah. really. In a way that you don't realize when you're here. But there, did you guys have that kind of, I can't believe this is in Atlanta? Or if it, it changed a lot. Midtown changed completely. Yeah. It came from a parking lot or from an abandoned kind of like city district to a major midtown high-rise mm -hmm. yeah, I, I thought that's kind of interesting yeah. midtown, midtown and, and like I was walking down I was walking downtown uh, to downtown from tech campus here mm -hmm. and I was just walking there and that well I kind of recognized pretty much everything parts of it parts of it yeah well going downtown right, right as right. opposed to going midtown right right, right, right. Uh, midtown is completely completely different yeah right? because I remember in Midtown, at, at some point, uh, the Cirque du Soleil being placed right there, you know? Is it like a parking lot somewhere? Like oh, the tent? Where, where they put up the tent and everything's yeah. fine. Now it, I now I realize today, actually, that they have it in, what is that, Atlantic Station somewhere oh, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. That's so that's the one thing. Uh, the other thing I realized was Macy's, Macy's is gone. Is that correct? 
I mean, yeah. downtown. The, down, the, 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 one, the Lenox Mall has become their, their center and the Macy's closed. Yeah. yeah, they closed it downtown, which I thought is very weird because that actually means that every mall and, and whatsoever is only about food downtown. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You can't buy a, a thing in, 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 in downtown, really. You know, no, no, it's all service. It's food service for all the office. Right, products. right, and and that sort of has changed in my ex at least in my perception, um, in a way because like Macy's is gone and, and, and stuff like that. Interesting. Within twenty or twenty two years, my, I mean that's it's yeah. that long, right? Yeah, it's something a lot of people in Atlanta miss too. But I think downtown might actually be the place that comes back very quickly in the next. If you come back and do another three year show in five years, we might see what's happening. Okay, because um, it's undervalued right now, mm -hmm. and artists are beginning to move in. That's actually the first thing you look for artists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where are they moving? And then where then where can we kick them out in five years and build our our, yeah. our luxury? Yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, I've been coming uh, like every two three years. So mm -hmm. like the city, I saw the city change every time, and every time every two three years, I was uh, probably as shocked as you guys were. <laughs> Because you know, one day you come, then the next year you could, you have Tech Square, you know, like Tech Square, yes. and boom, like an entire day of you there. So, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird the fact that you know, like uh, my feeling is always like uh, you know, you guys have had the worst food ever, like you know, you invented fast food. And, <laughs> yeah. so, but then now you eat better. Like I, I, it's easier probably to eat healthier food mm -hmm. in the U.S. than it is in France. Like uh, I would say, like really? uh, you know, yeah. You still have the fast food. And that's oh, yeah, yeah. Bad. You're still like a lot of overweight people and problems or whatever, but you can still like, you know, you get all this uh, vegetarian food, which you would have a hard time finding in France, like no gluten, like gluten-free and all that mm -hmm. stuff. It's crazy the capacity of the society, I think, to evolve extremely quickly. So it's like uh, you have problems, but it's you seem very good at, uh, at, at evolving it. Like the city in France, I'm trying to make this because the city in France, if you go back to Paris, I don't know if mm -hmm. you've been there, but you nothing's changed. You know, like uh, you, it's the same thing. Maybe you'll have a couple of buildings, like a million, like million dollars on me. Yeah, <laughs> that would be like very iconic. Uh, but then yeah. uh, uh, on the like, it's all like oh, a crust of thing that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's but well, that's a closed system in a sense, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, as opposed to Atlanta, which is just an open field, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we don't I'm have thinking of this. Planning, this we have. And the problem, this, yeah, this but the uh, problem is like, for instance, in France, you would have like, uh, you know, all, all Paris is a dead city to me, like, you know, as architecture wise, it's 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 nice, you know, it's done, but all of the real interesting question is the suburbs, right? It's, it's a fantastic territory, you know, right, like, right. and still, you know, like, uh, there's no real serious discussion. It's all about Paris because that bring that what brings in the you know the tourists, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, so it's a. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's a fantastic territory that is not looked at the way it, it should be because we're too patrimonializing uh, whatever our attention is too uh, uh, driven towards that old stone kind of thing right right that that history has a lot of weight that yeah we, we whereas we should be like uh, Atlanta or like Japan you know like be able to be very creative in these territories and very 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 reactive but mm -hmm. it's like as if our infrastructure our capacity to do building is very itself very heavy and slow and, uh, and that's the problem hmm. I would say um, well that's great I'm gonna wrap it up guys thanks so much for your time and uh, thank you it was thank a great you. conversation and um, appreciate it thanks well, man thank you. Thank you.